Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, Darren and May Norman. Thank you both so much, and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you would like to be just like Darren and May and help support Dreamful, please visit dreamfulstories.com. We can find info about the show and on the support page, there's a link to leave a one-time donation with PayPal, get bonus episodes synced to Spotify with Supercast, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or become a Patreon subscriber for bonus episodes and other perks. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're having technical issues, it's really easy to turn to a user manual to start troubleshooting the cause. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn how to cope with them, which makes therapy the closest thing to your life's tech support. BetterHelp makes it easy to take the first step in feeling your best. Just fill out a simple questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dreamfall that's better help h e l p dot com slash dreamfall happy halloween listeners for this episode i will be reading edgar Allan poe's most famous and eerie poem the raven so snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as though someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor. I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember brought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly, I wished the morrow. Vainly, I had sought to borrow from my books, the seas of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name, Lenore, nameless here, forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me, 
with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, to some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating then, no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here, I opened wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared dream before. But the silence wasn't broken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore, merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then, what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least of a sense made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with the mind of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust or palace, just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then, this ebony bird beguiling, my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, 
art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door with such a name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather, then he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before, on the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken, by reply, so aptly spoken. Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store. Caught from some unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore. But the raven, still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore, meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned to my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, oh, nevermore.
Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent, or whether tempest toss thee here ashore, desolate, yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven, that bends above us, by that God we both adore. Tell this soul with sorrow laden if, within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked, upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul has spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming.
and the lamplight o'er him, streaming, throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as though someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor. I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember brought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly, I wished the morrow. Vainly, I had sought to borrow from my books, seas of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. In the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me, with fantastic terrors, never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, Tism visitor, entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor, entreating entrance at my chamber door, this it is, and nothing more. Presently, my soul grew stronger, hesitating then, no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping. And so faintly, you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here, I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, Doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared dream before. But the silence was unbroken 
and the stillness came no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then, what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least of a sense made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with the mind of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust palace, just above my chamber door, perched, and sat, and nothing more. Then, this ebony bird beguiling, my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, Ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is, on the night's plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl, to hear discourse so plainly. Though its answer, little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door with such a name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered. Other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, 
as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken, by reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store. Caught from some unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore. But the raven, still beguiling, all my fancy into smiling. Straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore, meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining, that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, oh, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore, quaff, oh quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore, quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent, or whether tempest toss thee here ashore. Desolate, yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted. Tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? 
Tell me. Tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, Thing of evil, Prophet still, If bird or devil, By that heaven that bends above us, By that God we both adore, Tell this soul with sorrow laden if, Within the distant Aden, It shall clasp a sainted maiden, Whom the angels name Lenore, Clasp a rare and radiant maiden, Whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked, upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul has spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him, streaming, throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul, from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor, shall be lifted nevermore.